in this article, you wrote a lot of fascinating stuff, um, especially near the end, about children's emotional labor and exploitation in having to take care of their parents emotionally within certain kinds of families. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I think, look, since children know that their survival depends on the parent or parents that are their caretakers, you know, at three months old, an infant can notice a parent's pupils dilate or contract dramatically, and the child has a startle response, they pick up the emotional needs of their parents and try to be what their parents need for our own survival. We don't survive without them. In our society, where parenting is overwhelmingly done by women, and also in isolated nuclear families, kids don't have a lot of potential caretakers to go to. They have one or two, and that's it, until they go to school. Children survive by meeting their parents' emotional needs however they can. And of course, parents' emotional needs are contradictory. They pick up different needs. But that's a huge aspect of children's emotional labor. And children, too, when they can't do the job of cheering up this person who's chronically depressed or changing the irrational anger of a parent, they check out, you know, they mm. go into their own imagination. And if they're really, really in a terrible situation, they create an alternative child who's there instead of them or go mad. It's usually not until adolescence, really, it starts at about nine or 10, where the peer group starts to be more important than these parents. And children have an inkling that they could maybe survive without these parents. Making me think about my childhood and why I became a therapist, how I got well, so much practice early on. Yes, um, absolutely. Probably, probably a, a lot of us, a lot of us growing up. Well, that's the um, biggest Freudian slip of therapist to say my parents instead of my patients. 